On most days, you can find Kathy, a Dayton, Ohio woman in her early 60s, outside in her garden getting her hands dirty. It's flowers and all that stuff. I feel close to God when I'm out there, and um, I just really enjoy doing it. It's one of my favorite hobbies. Now, Kathy will be the first one to tell you that gardening is all about knowing your strengths and your weaknesses. My garden is beautiful, so, and I'm not good at the edibles either. I don't grow those because for some reason they just don't do well with me, but flowers just do wonderful with me. <laughs> Kathy also says that in a garden, being able to adapt to anything that doesn't go your way is key. She's had to apply those same principles to her own life as well. A diagnosis of stage four breast cancer in 2012 the second time she's been diagnosed with the illness, halted her active and productive life. Since then, she's faced an uphill climb of difficult chemotherapy regimens and an uncertain future. And after dealing with the painful symptoms from the chemo and the stress of managing the ups and downs of her battle for over four years, she asked for better care from her medical professionals. She was referred to a team of specialists who now work every day to get her back to her active and productive life. This is a story about adapting to change. This is a story about regaining control when all seems lost. This is Kathy's palliative care story. Outside of the garden, Kathy was always on the go. I was very active and I ate right and uh, I was involved in family and just all the positive things. When she was healthy, Kathy jogged three to four miles a day during the week, and on the weekends, she did step aerobics. She wasn't expecting her breast cancer to ever return. I thought I'd beat it. Uh, for some reason, the second time around just seemed, you know, I thought I'd made the changes that I needed to make. Kathy's first bout with breast cancer at age 50 was challenging. She underwent several surgeries over a period of two years, which included radiation, a double mastectomy, and a removal of ovaries. Her chemotherapy was successful, and she had beat cancer, but it returned seven years later. I really felt like I was losing my mind, along with my faith and my will to live, and it was very scary. That's when the fear set in, because I felt like I had no control over myself. On the second diagnosis, the chemo that worked the first time was no longer effective, so many different regimens were tried. While doctors eventually found a treatment option that worked well to reduce her cancer levels, the harsh side effects from the chemo caused several issues. My hands and feet began to bleed, and the nausea was almost constant, and I was exhausted by the end of the day. The bleeding Kathy described was due to something called hand and foot syndrome, which was one of the many side effects of chemo. She also felt joint pain. Between those symptoms, the fatigue, the fear around the cancer scans, and the ups and downs that come with the constant medication changes, Kathy was finally at a breaking point. I had chronic insomnia. I had panic attacks, depression, anxiety, fear, fatigue, joint pain. And I was on the highest medications to try to keep everything under control. And um, it just wasn't working. Kathy's oncologists were using treatments to fight the cancer but no one was treating her symptoms and her stress. She knew she needed more support. Well, what, what I found I needed to do was tap into what was causing me so much stress and get it out of my life. I thought I was so strong and everything and that wouldn't affect me, but uh, I've come to find that cancer is an emotional disease too, and that part needs to be addressed, not just the physical. After several panic attacks, one of which that led to a hospitalization, 
Kathy's oncologist recommended she see a team of palliative care specialists to help her with the physical and emotional symptoms she was dealing with. Oftentimes, we, we do a very good job at treating the cancer, but behind the cancer, there's a person. And each person brings in their strengths and weaknesses. If we miss the components that make a person the individual they are, we are um, limiting our ability to help them to achieve the greatest quality of life. That's Mark Curtis. He's an advanced practice registered nurse and member of Kathy's palliative care team. Now, palliative care is specialized medical care for people with serious illness. This type of care is focused on providing relief from the symptoms and stress of an illness. It is to relieve suffering. Now, when we talk about suffering, uh, we're talking about physiological suffering, but also emotional, psychological, and or spiritual suffering may be included within the uh, parameters of palliative care. Now, Kathy mentioned feeling like she had no control. This is not unique to many patients who have illnesses like cancer, COPD, ALS, or diabetes. Oftentimes, patients feel like they no longer have control over their own lives. What I look at with the palliative care approach that I take also is empowering the individual and putting them in control of their life, oftentimes when they feel anything but control based upon their diagnosis and the treatment they've been receiving. So empowering patients is a focus. But what does that mean exactly? Well, let's look at the first palliative care meeting. That's where patients and their family members sit with the full palliative care team. I first met Kathy early 2016. At that first meeting, she appeared uh, frail, frightened, very physically, emotionally, and psychologically uh, in a very weak state, in a very vulnerable state. I remember the first day I met Mark, I felt an immediate connection and like God had sent him to me along with all my other team members and um, we'd get through this, you know, and I remember him saying the one thing, it'll, I, one thing I want to warn you about, it's probably going to get worse instead of getting better. And I said, well, I just came out of what you guys call the black hole and I don't think it's going to get any worse. And it didn't. It didn't. From the time I met Mark, it just, it got better. Another thing that came out of the meeting, aside from opening up, was an understanding that getting better can take time. I felt so bad. You want relief instantly, and it doesn't happen that way. You know, you've got to work through the emotional things you've been through in your life, and you've got to find your way with your cancer diagnosis, and you've got to do it on your own. And everyone's different. That's the thing about it. Everyone's different. As Kathy touched upon, palliative care isn't one size fits all. Specialists work with patients to address their individual needs on both the physical and emotional sides. Now, Mark always asks the same question of his patients. Do you deserve to be happy? If they say yes, he's able to move forward. Once we've established, and in Kathy's case, that she felt she did deserve to be happy, then we needed to begin to set up a plan to help her feel in more control of her life, whereas at the time that I first saw her, she felt like she had almost no control of her life. Palliative care teams help patients set both short and long-term goals. They do this so they have something to work towards. This way, there's a plan for the future that requires action. I work in unison with the person, and again, if they tell me more about their life, I will then, after we establish they just, that they deserve to be happy, then 
how can we begin to achieve the happiness that you now have agreed that you deserve? I will ask them for um, a goal or two. And oftentimes the goals are extremely basic to begin with. Getting out of bed every day, getting dressed every day, brushing your teeth every day, really going to the essential of personal hygiene. But where that can be a precursor to greater uh, accomplishments is that when a person hasn't been doing the very basics, that is actually going to contribute to their sense of illnessness or them being the patient, them feeling that um, they're, they're losing their sense of self. We talked about that all the time and being able to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and start taking steps towards doing. And, and as I began to feel better, I was able to do that. As that person achieves those goals, we recognize the success. Those successes lead to greater successes and higher level goals to a place that we can help them find a new normal to where they are actually living in control of their life in spite of their illness. Kathy established her goals right away. She wanted to get up and out of bed in the morning, spend time with her husband, family, and friends, and she wanted to get back to doing what she loved, like exercising and gardening. But with the chemotherapy treatments causing so many issues, those goals seem out of reach in the beginning. But Kathy was ready. You know, you've got to find what works for you and what doesn't. I tried everything, and I was open to everything. So that's one thing Mark liked about me. I was willing to try anything, and I was. <laughs> Through discussions with her medical professionals, it soon became clear that Kathy's symptoms weren't just a result of the chemo. Come to find out, one of the reasons I was feeling so bad was my testosterone level was at a trace amount. My electrolytes were extremely low, and uh, my adrenals were fatigued. So I had physical reasons to why I was feeling the way I had, too. Part of what palliative care specialists do is take a look at medications and consider them in terms of a patient's goals. For example, if you want to be more active and pain medication is keeping you in bed, there could be ways to adjust the meds at a certain time of the day to make it possible for you to get up and do things. Getting the right balance of pain medication or medication for anxiety is an ongoing process. Mark led the charge on this. He pulled back for me on some of my medications when I didn't understand that I needed to back off some of them. And he was right. And so I just, I tried to do what my, I felt my body was telling me and incorporate what he was telling me to. Mark is very adamant about medication not being the be-all and end-all of a person's treatment. One of the things I told Kathy and I tell everybody when I prescribe medication is I never give all the power to the pill. Because if we do that, that takes away the individual's power. You have got to actively embrace your life. Because you've got to remember, it's your life. And medication is an adjunct to your active participation in your life. By adjusting medications, Kathy has been able to find the balance that worked. That really helped me with my adrenals and um, my testosterone and my energy. My energy level is unreal now. It's just been a whole turnabout. Throughout her chemotherapy, new symptoms would pop up from time to time. Each step of the way, Kathy would talk to Mark about what changes needed to be made. 
He always encouraged me, and I'd talk about, well, maybe I should try this, or maybe I should try that, and he was all very supportive of everything. And he always honed in to what, if your mind is very powerful, and if you think it's working for you, it's working for you. (laughs) And I, I think that's right on. To tackle the stress and anxiety, Mark deploys several techniques to his patients to get them to focus on healthy thoughts. I challenge Kathy to begin to look at her thought processes. And there's a a technique that I use that's called thought stopping. We could be um, sitting in a room, a quiet room, reading a book. We could be driving down the road. But a thought may pop into our mind, and that's pretty typical. But once we recognize what that thought is, we have a choice to go with the thought or to stop that thought. I tell people that if the thought is pleasing, if it's something that they enjoy, go ahead and go with the thought. But if they realize that thought may be destructive, then they they need to stop that thought. And literally in their mind, they tell themselves, stop. Now, that's the first step. The second step that we use with Kathy is she needed to replace that thought with something more positive. So... In a way, you can you can call a friend, you can read a book, you can listen to music, you can turn on TV, but you want to do something that gets you away from that negative thought to allow you to replace that thought with a more positive or at least a neutral thought. And Kathy very, very actively worked at the thought-stopping technique and has experienced some great success with that. We talked about palliative care not being one-size-fits-all. Because Mark got to know Kathy, he was able to hone in on specifics and then work towards a solution. One of her big issues was anxiety in the mornings. And what I find with a lot of folks is morning anxiety is not uncommon. And a big reason for that is the person wakes up and they're looking ahead at their whole day. They've not started any type of accomplishment. It's like, how am I going to get through this day? Oftentimes, that can be one of the most challenging times. Once they get involved in the day and they get going, their confidence begins to build up. And uh, they also have more mental distractions. As the pain and fatigue improved and Kathy started utilizing the tools Mark helped her with, she was able to make small steps towards feeling better, all while still receiving chemotherapy. Kathy describes one big change that excited her. I was afraid to drive even and be around other people. You know, you want to isolate yourself when you feel that bad. I remember telling Mark about, and the first time I came out there without my mom, I drove all by myself. It was, I don't know, he was just so happy for me. And he just went every step with me. Being able to drive gave Kathy a feeling of independence and strength. Through more and more palliative care meetings, something started to change for the better. When I woke up and I just knew in my heart the fear was gone, it was... uh, I don't know. It was liberating, an experience I can't even hardly explain. Fortunately for Kathy, her oncologist found a chemotherapy that worked well to slow the growth, and she's considered to be in remission at the moment. Although she knows her cancer may return, right now she's focused on the day-to-day. Most of the time I don't even think about it. And now I do have to go every month and get a blood test, so there's a little bit of anxiety waiting, you know, the two or three days because it's uh, no news is good news. But... For the most part, my day-to-day life, I don't even think about it. As I see her now, where she's at, she's a very vibrant, enthusiastic individual who loves life. 
She has many friends. She is able to act very independently, is engaged in multiple health-related activities, such as um, yoga, um, naturopathic types of um, treatments to optimize her life. Kathy still sees palliative care and still trusts Mark to help her through the ups and downs. I felt with Mark, you feel like you know him, you know, and you talk about other things other than just me, you know. You just, uh, you get to know him personally, and you feel like, you feel that connection with him. Kathy is an excellent example of palliative care because she was willing, is willing, to embrace the belief that she has gifts, talents, and abilities, and if she uses her gifts, talents, and abilities, her life does not have to be dictated by the cancer that uh, invaded her body. Kathy used to see Mark almost every week, but now that she's feeling better, she sees him about every six weeks. The person Kathy is today is a far cry from the person who walked into that first palliative care meeting. I have no panic attacks, very little nausea, energy to spare. I even mow the lawn, I garden, I walk every day. Um, there's a place down the street from us called the Narrows. That's a uh, wooded area, and I, and I walk back there like two, three miles a day, and uh, the side effects of the chemo are almost non-existent. I take a sleeping aid, but it's only about a third of what I used to take, and um, it's just, I feel wonderful. I, I haven't felt this happy in a long time. Back to her active life and gardening again, Kathy is now taking life one flower at a time. Quite frankly, I used to be afraid of change, but then I, now I think... Gosh, I'm so glad there is change because I'm in such a better place now and I wouldn't be there if there wasn't change. Now it's like, yeah, change is good. <laughs> if you or a family member is dealing with a serious illness at any point in your journey, resources about palliative care are available at getpalliativecare.org.